People, welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where we get key moments and quotes from a film to drive a two-hour conversation, and sometimes, guess what? We just talk, and we're always blessed and honored that you guys listen. And uh, with the uh, latest explosion of the podcast getting, you know, tens of thousands of downloads each episode, some getting up to 50,000, I just want to say to everyone, thank you very much for uh, your support and for listening, and uh, also want to give a big thank you to our, our guest, who man, over a year ago, I think two years ago on an email, I was like, Hey, I, I have an idea. And he's like, can you just call me? <laughs> and he yeah. just, can you just, here's my son, call me. And I called him and pitched this crazy idea from someone he didn't know from Adam. And uh, Scott was kind enough to say yes. And that is where any of my posts, anything you see, you'll always know I am supporting and uh, really proud to be um, aligned with and be friends with Scott and the six pack tactical gear and all the other things he created. So before we get into the movie, before we get anything else, Scott, tell people where they can find you on the social channels, one, and then two, outside of the tactical six pack, let's talk about your, what you do. I mean, because if they follow you on Facebook or Instagram, you know, if they follow me, they're seeing the tactical six pack and then the wonderful ones that you've sent out to and have been received by, you know, a celebrity chef, you know, Joe Gatto, um, an author that's, you know, doing pretty good. Jeff yeah. Carr. Yeah, no, he's, he's doing amazing things now. <laughs> you know, uh, we just, you know, we, we've, we've been able to, to, and you, you've, you've been very flexible with me and been able to put this in some fun hands of some really cool people. Uh, for Kreischer, there's just there's so there's so many things going on, and you know, but that's just one little thing that you do. You, your scope of talent and what and what you can do and what you do build for other people is absolutely amazing. So, give it to us, brother. Well, Jason, I mean, first off, I'd just like to say it's good to be back. This is my third round. Yes, it is. Um, you know, it's, it's not the same as being inside Dive Bar. I, I miss the whole you know loudness and people walking in. But, uh, you know, anytime I can get with you, I'll definitely take. So, so yeah, getting away from the tactical cooler, you know, I'm a, I was a metal worker, you know, and then, and actually I got stuck uh, sitting behind a truck for a lot of years and not getting away from the metal work and just kind of driving my way through life in a semi and then got into a dispatch role and was just bored as hell sitting at a desk and eventually... One day, my wife uh, and I made the decision for me to step out from behind that desk and start going back to what I really enjoyed doing. 
And that was uh, just creating with my hands. And I'm lucky enough to have, you know, support from my family and we have property where I had have a full blown metal shop out there and I'm able to build what I want to build and when I want to build it and, you know, go out there and do my thing. So right now I've got three or four gate jobs lined up. And then as I'm working on, as I'm working on those, I've got neighbors rolling up on me be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's, it's kind of getting overwhelming right now. And then people are starting to see my stuff on Instagram and I'm getting hit up by people that live locally like hey so uh i got this i'm like i'm out, i'm almost to the point where i gotta turn stuff away it's getting crazy because i'm one person and i never wanted to be that guy that hired people i didn't want people to depend on me for their paychecks mm-hmm. i just wanted to do what i wanted to do one man show if i needed help i could hire a day guy to come out with me and you know knock some stuff out but it's almost getting to the point where I might be thinking about expanding a little bit and hiring somebody to be in the shop or, you know, help me on a day-to-day basis because it's getting to that point where I can't do everything I'm promising people now in the time frame I'm promising them is I'm getting pulled in like seven or eight different directions at any given time. Yeah. I mean, if, and, you look, uh, if people look at your Etsy, I mean, you have jewelry holders, you have, the, yeah. the different the different ways to you know that you can store wine and, and highlight wine you have the tactical yeah. six pack and those are the little things and then if people follow you on instagram then yeah. they're seeing these fucking monster gates like that i yeah. forget that you did one it was gorgeous and it was huge i mean that thing it looked like it was 12 feet across and, and i remember because i remember the first you're like you're like i'm bending this for this big big gate you guys are going to see it and it's just one little yeah. angle and you kept working that angle and over and over again until you got it just perfect and i was like what is he doing what, what? and then oh, you yeah. see it all together and you're like oh boom holy shit yeah no that's that's the one thing like my dad always drove that into me he was, hey anybody can weld anybody can grind but nobody there's a few people can finish the work you know and that finished work is what that's what it takes all the time like i can slap some metal together but it's that filing and it's that it's just like that, that nice finished edge that people aren't really ever going to notice but they'll notice if it's wrong you know yeah. and that's that's what just drives it apart like we're just in mexico tons of beautiful metal work tons of you know we're at these really nice restaurants and uh just tons of stuff that me and my buddy who i do a lot of work for he's like hey scott what do you think about that what do you think about that i'm like hey man it looks cool from a distance but when you look at it, it looks like shit you know and that's 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 the shit that you know, I'm looking at that. I know a lot of people aren't looking at, but when you hire me to build something for you, like $12,000, you're not going to want to see some raggedy ass lines on there. And so that's the stuff that I'm just working on and trying to, trying to, you know, finish my craft on, you know, that's, that's what I work towards. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I feel bad sometimes because all the talents that you do have and all the cool shit, you know, that, that you create and do. And I'm still excited. It's, it's like, you've built the laptop and I'm like, yeah, but have you seen the calculator? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, but that's what, that's what get up. That's what gets out there. Like it, I can't, I can't build somebody a gate and ship it to them, but that's I can true. build a cooler. I can build a cooler and get it out to a lot of people. Yeah. So, you know, and that's what, that's what keeps me busy. Like I come home, from a long day of, of welding, cutting, grinding, I'm you know, dirty as hell, but I've got orders in the garage. And the, the coolers I pretty much do at my house. Okay. So I can come home, I can come home and, you know, turn up the, uh, 
the drill press and make a shit ton of noise and bug my kids. But at least I'm home doing that. And that's that's the thing that I get to go and go home and, you know, my kids will come out and run around the garage and be outside and I can kind of keep an eye on them while I'm drilling holes all, all night. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the cool jobs I can do around the house is, and just be around the family and not, you know, be away at my shop. Nice. So. I like that. I like it a lot. Well, before we go down this road any farther, uh, we you you we picked Billy Madison. What is it? Billy I mean, Madison, dude. I know why I like Billy Madison, and I know I I'm Billy even Madison. more excited about liking Billy Madison because we're on June second. It's gonna be like Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> it is gonna be. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna, it's gonna be, fun. be fun. And I have to say, before we go down that path, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate the fact that you let me pick movies this time. The <laughs> both two times they've been chosen because we did Conjuring. Yep. It was right around Halloween. Yep. And then we did Evolution, which I've never even heard of. I believe that's what we did. We did. I was on an alien kick. I was on a getting some yeah. alien kick. No, I'm just Yeah, like... so so you let me throw out some movies and uh you know I I I I tend to go towards comedy. You know, I threw I think I threw out Talladega Nights and mm -hmm. but uh Billy Madison, uh, fucking Adam Sandler, that's my man, you know. I love so that guy. Good. He's so good and he's a good person. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Like he just has all of his boys around him, and they're all in the movies, and it's just like this rotating cast in all of his movies. And you're like, oh, that's the guy from that movie. You know, he's just such a good dude, and he seems like if you saw him walking down the street, he'd just like kick it with you for a minute if he had time. He you know? um, he had a place down in Newport, and there was this dive bar that he would go into, and people would just be like, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, you know, and he'd go outside and shoot hoops, you know, down by the beach, and yeah. You know, uh, he is, you know, when people are like, oh, when you make it big, don't forget me. You know, he's the guy who doesn't forget you. you know, yeah. He's, he's the guy yeah, who's like, oh, you're coming with like. me. Yeah. Well, no, he, I mean, he brings, he drags Rob Schneider with him wherever he goes. So there's that. <laughs> yep, there's that. <laughs> All right, listen, let's hit play really quick and then we'll, we'll keep right. our conversation going here. Boom, let's see, I'm probably going to get a pop-up. There it is. And there we, oh. Hold on. Uh, whoops, I gotta. Where is my volume for this little bugger? Let me see here. People are like, people love this part where there's like, hey, oh no, it's the best when you can't see anything, but you can hear it all. Yeah, right. And I'm just like, okay, uh, where is my. I cannot find. I wonder if I do this. Let me see what it can tell me if you can hear me if I hit this really quick. Can you hear me? Nope. Not at all. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, let me see. Goodness, why is this? Why does this not have a volume button? These rascals. See, folks, this is what happens when you find the link really quick and you love it, and you're like, "Here it is," and then you realize toggle light. I don't even know what that is. I've got Billy Madison on the brain. I'm gonna have to do something here. This is just horrible. You know, I, I did this. Uh, what was it? I was um, I was talking to a cat, and this same thing happened. And I was just like, "Son of a bitch, Jason! Come on, buddy! Come on, man! Get your tap download to proceed." I'm not gonna download. Here we go. Whoa! I don't know what I just tapped on, folks. Let me tell you, this is what it's like. Oh, to illegally go after movies sometimes. <laughs> just is what it is. I don't know what I touched. I don't know what I did. I am trying to know, sir. And no. And no. 
and no thank you. My goodness, this is just awful. I am so sorry. I am so, oh, come on, man. Hey there, this rascal. All right, let me do this. My goodness. So um, while I'm being an absolute buffoon over here, we have a, uh, you were kind enough to invite me along for a little bit of fun, if you will, uh, up in, um, up in your neck of the woods. Is this a regular trip you and the guys do or uh, is this so, something? So here's what happened. I have an annual trip that I go on. And mm -hmm. last year, because of all the fires that California had, because we're, we love to burn shit up. Yeah. Um, the day of, it got canceled. And we get, so I go to, we go to Lake Shasta and we go on a houseboat. And it's just like 12 to 15 dudes four days, three nights, just go up there, get absolutely shit-faced, have a great time, be in the water, play some horseshoes, do whatever. Um, last year when they got canceled, I got super bummed. Mm -hmm. um, and I pretty much, I went home, I, I was home, didn't, didn't go anywhere. Um, and I jumped on the website for uh, one of the houseboat companies and I reserved my own boat. And I invited invited a whole new group of guys to go, and you were top of the list. Um, Appreciate it, brother. So, so yeah, I mean, this is uh, we did this for my brother's bachelor party, and a lot of the guys that are going on this trip were on that trip. Nice. Uh, and then there's a, I got a bunch of new guys that are coming up as well, and just a way to get out. And you know, right now during COVID, you kind of need you need to get out. You need to go and kind of feel normal somewhere and do some normal stuff. And oh, uh, that's kind of it's kind of the kind of what we're going with. Like we're just gonna go up and you know do it up. You know, and it's also it's just it's important to uh, to get out there, you know, and and just be with the fellas and have some fun and and let loose. You know, and uh, and be a be a part of something that is that that brings camaraderie and brings people together. It's just it's I I miss them so much because it is such a cool part of life. You know that that whole aspect is it's special, man. And so one, I'm really honored you uh, you know you you invited me. So thank you very much. And and two, this is just I'm so looking forward to it because it's it's just brother, it's going to be fun. Well, it, it, and it's one of those things like not a lot of people go out and do it right like not you don't you don't talk to your buddies and you're like hey so what did you guys do well last week yeah. i was on a houseboat you, you don't hear that stuff you know and it's it's one of those things where you could be like you could, i mean from the last trip that i went on with these guys five years ago it's one of those trips that's always brought back up you know nice. and it's, it's like hey Hey, remember when we did this or we got Tony so drunk he did this or, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, you, you're basically, how often are you able to go and spend four days with your, with your really good friends nonstop, you know, you're sleeping together in the same boat and just like, you don't get that anymore. You don't get those sleepovers like when you were kids, you know, True. and it's just, it's one of those things that I really, I try to hold on to with my buddies because, you know, everybody drifts away they have their own lives everybody does their work and you know see each other here and there but when you can get together non-stop for four days you get you come home with stories you come you home know? with some fun some absolute yeah. fun 
All right, you ready? I'm ready. Play? Yeah, let's roll. Boom. Here we go. So talk about fun and talking about play. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, Billy Madison is the ultimate in I've got money, I can play, I can goof off, I can do whatever the hell I want. But it's also, it's, it's interesting to me because he's the quintessential fun rich guy who's just a little bit of an asshole. Right. But but he's, but he's also like, it's not like you're not going to want to hang out with him. You know, he's, he's not shooter McGavin. Uh, (laughs) You know, he's, he, he is fun. I mean, Adam Sandler in this movie, the motherfucker's got a six pack. He's, he's, he's pretty, you know, he's, he's got some, he was doing some, he was working out. He was playing a little more, uh, a little more basketball those days. Oh yeah. I mean, he was young. I don't even, what year was this movie? 1995. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even graduated from high school yet. I was almost out of college. I'm an old man, Scott. I'm an old man. Hold on, Jason. Before we get too far, yeah. where yeah. is my movie? I am so computer like when you when you jumped on, my wife was sitting here. I am so uh, computer literate; it's ridiculous. Don't worry about it. Um, is it giving you grief? I'll, I'll shoot you another link. I'm gonna email you another link. Was it, oh, was it email? Yep. It was in the email with the uh, Zoom link and uh, the movie link. But if that link gives you any grief, just let me know and we'll, um, I'll hook you up with uh, with the other link that I, that I used. Yeah, if you could, because I am. No worries. Copy. Boom. That's why I'm water. That's why I sit in my, my, in my shop and I just burn metal all day. Shit. Here we go. The link. Boom. And boom, it is off on the information superhighway. We're rocking. Yeah, I mean, it's, I do, I've been um, with the, with the team names now and the breakup. So I, you got to tell me though, as, as, as I'm, as I'm throwing questions at you, as you're trying to open up this movie and get this link going, I do. I, um, what's I'm, the, I'm, I'm almost scared of what you think of us. No, it's hilarious. I, I love it. I'm just wondering what is the, the beer bitch role? Like with the guy who, who paid last, what is this? Uh, so Jesse's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he and he still hasn't paid. He's probably not going to. I wouldn't if I was Jesse. I'd be like, you can kiss my ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, sorry, I'm out. So I mean, it's not that bad. It's it's pretty much like whenever you're down in the water and everybody's having a good time and you don't want to get back on the boat to go grab another beer, you're like, hey mm-hmm. Je- Jesse, I need a beer, and it's his job to get the beer. Oh snap! So I'll, I, I'll, you know, I, I'm I'm meant to do that on the last round that we had uh paying for the boat mm-hmm. we, we've done two rounds of payments we did the yep. deposit um and i totally forgot i was i was so sidetracked with some other stuff um and then i was like well screw it we have to pay this small amount of money everybody should be able to pay 15 dollars right away shouldn't anybody go on this trip if they can't pay that they don't belong on the boat um <laughs> so I, I threw it out there and it's crazy within 20 it was 19 minutes before everybody but jesse paid oh brutal just i think you were the first i think you jumped on there first and you were like i was like i don't know what this is but i'm not so but it (laughs) so your story reminds me of this so i was dating this girl and i can't remember her name and thank god i can't or i would say it uh and my brother and some of his friends rented a house up at the up on this lake little cabin all of his uh, college buddies and a couple other buddies that he went to high school with. Really nice guys, a lot of fun. 
And uh, they invited me to come up and hang out. And so similar situation, right? But with cabin instead, everyone's just kind of sleeping everywhere. I had a Honda hatchback and I laid the seats down and like brought like 20 sleeping bags. So I had a little bit of cushion and this girl that I was dating came up and uh, we were uh, having some fun one night in the back of the Honda and we woke up the next morning and I noticed on her underwear, some streaks, little poop streaks, just a couple, but I'm an adult and it's eight in the morning and I ran inside and woke all the guys up <laughs> and told them because I'm an adult. Yes. And then that's, I said, that's what you do. Because that's what you do. And so I said, we're going to, her name is now, we're going to call her Streak. But she's going to think it's because she runs to get me beers so fast. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, So for two days, this girl, I'd be like, Streak. And she goes, I'm so fast. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't good uh yeah amazing it was so much fun though it was it was we uh we all got sunburnt super bad one day uh this guy greg midget is his name and he was like a six seven african-american guy who could put one hand on the floor and grab a door jam with the other hand like that's how big his wingspan was basketball player really nice guy he went to notre dame and he knew rudy and so he would tell the the rudy story uh-huh. And then everyone around the campfire had a roll. And then when there was a pause, we'd all go the da 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 Rudy. And then he'd keep the story going. And then we'd pause and we'd all do that. So we did the story till like four in the morning, drinking, throwing beers in the, you know, throwing uh, beer cans in the fire. We just, we were smashed. Well, we get up, I'm up chipper at 8 a.m. I'm making eggs and, you know, getting everybody up and getting breakfast beers going and all that jazz. And, uh we didn't realize a family had gotten a cabin next to us <laughs> this fuck this kid comes out and he's like his dad's like shut up timmy shut the fuck up timmy god damn it i don't want to hear that fucking song <laughs> just like <laughs> timmy don't worry you're gonna hear that song again <laughs> yeah it's coming back tonight it's coming back tonight oh it was so much fun dude we had we had an absolute blast you know and that's just but you know it's it's funny because that's what guys do you know we get to go out and have fun and just you know whimsical cares be damned right yeah that and uh there's no such thing as danger no (laughs) not at all don't do it at all hell no Boom. You ready? And I um, I did uh, a strong 70, 80, 70 milligrams of um, hash gummies. <laughs> oh, tonight or today? Yeah, yeah about a uh, half hour ago. Oh, nice. Is that kicking in? It's going to start too soon. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm uh, in in, um, celebration of Cinco de Mayo, which is today. I'm going with the Modelo. Nice. Nice. I I had, um, what was last night? I did Black Puma. 
and double hopped IPA from the from the brewery up here at Fourth Tap. Do a hell of a job. Really good. But you got, you've got all these places I've never heard of. I know we got it. You guys got to get back out here, and you've got. You've, while you're while you're looking for the movie, folks, I want to let you know we weren't joking around about all the fun and cool places that uh, Scott's Coolers have, have been and gone. You got Shaw the Rapper, as I said, Chef Joe Gatto, Burke Kreischer, uh, Jack Carr, uh, you know, who's blowing up the charts right now thanks to Rogan and just him being an absolute monster talent. Uh, you know, Shaw the Rapper. Um, Shaw, Shaw was a cool one. Shaw was a cool one. Cool. He's a, he's a uh, super cool. He's super. He's a, such a nice guy. Like he just reached out and uh, he was like, "Dude, I really appreciate this." And a lot of times, I won't hear back from whoever I'm sending him to. Sean mm -hmm. was the first one. He he was like, "Boom, there it is." He put it on his Instagram. You know, it was awesome. Sean's Sean's super cool. And then he hit me up. He goes, "Hey, when I start touring again, and I come through the Bay, we're hooking up and we're doing this and we're hitting breweries." He's a big IPA guy. Yes, he is. So and yeah, I, let me tell you, go hang out with him. He's super fun. I spent oh, yeah, a week. No, I'm, I'm jumping on that train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun with him running around drinking and just, you know, goofing off and oh yeah. He's so, a lot of fun. Where you at in the movie? I'm, I'm that one of my favorite scenes where it's uh, shampoo versus conditioner. What, uh, what, what, what's your minute mark? Uh, Let's see here. So he's, he's, he's been out of the pool. He's, he's, um, well, yeah, now he's slurping soup at the big uh, dinner party. See here, boom, boom. We'll get right to it at the big dinner party. So you're about 10 minutes in, right about 10 minutes in, maybe a little bit. Yep. There we go. Perfect. All right. We're, we're good enough for government work. Boom. Um, not building spaceships. That was my grandpa saying. Uh, I like, I like that. Not building spaceships. He had, he had two he had two really good ones and my wife is really attached to one of them which is uh good enough for the girls we run with <laughs> is your grandfather still around he is he nice. is both my grandma and my grandpa are both 87 awesome uh, both both running strong and my grandpa's had some hardships in the last couple of years but he's battled through them and he's uh, he'll i'll be out in my shop and he'll come wandering through and see what i'm doing and He's a, he's a pipe fitter his whole life and a welder and he's seen the stuff I'm doing and he's he's basically like what I did was work what you're doing is art and it's just validation you know and it's so cool to hear somebody with his caliber of, of work ethic and and skill say stuff like that to me that's really awesome and it's it's really cool that uh, he uh, he recognizes it you know I think some people, you know, generationally, they don't see or recognize the separation or the difference, right? They're like, oh, metal, metal, talk, talk, you know, whatever it is. And that's really awesome that he not only sees the difference, but then celebrates it to you. That's oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah, no, it's really cool. And he's always been very supportive of what I've, whatever I've wanted to do. So he, he and my grandma both were always there. So that's awesome. I was very lucky. That's very cool. Now, uh, you know, you're, you're in, you're in California. You're, at, you're one of the last three people left. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. We're thinking about leaving. 
Everybody's gone to Idaho. All my buddies have gone to Idaho or Texas. Both both good spots. Uh, I mean, the wife and I are thinking about leaving as well and going to uh, Nashville. I've been hearing you say that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it looks good. So, you know, thinking about leaving, but but you're you're still there. And you know, I want to take a hard turn on this, and instead of talking about how shitty California is, or they don't open up. I think it's it's also worth it for people to know why you stay there and why you love it there. So, what is it about Cali that you love? California. I mean, for one, for, for me personally, my whole family is here. I mean, I was just talking about my grandparents, mm-hmm. um, but it, it goes deeper than that. Like, I, there's generations of my family that's just here, and we're kind of all throughout the Bay Area. Nobody's really gone far. So it's like, I mean, in my neighborhood, my brother and my sister both have their families to me walking distance. Wow. That's, it's really, that's really hard to leave. My sister's maybe a five-minute walk, and my brother is 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't usually walk home from his house because it's uphill. So <laughs> I'll catch a ride. I'll Uber from his house. I'm not fat, and, and uh, <laughs> I, will, I'm, I have no shame. I, I <laughs> but um, they, they, I mean, it's just nice to be able to come through and, and see everybody. Um, and now everybody has kids, and our kids are playing with cousins and. And it's, it's like a weekly thing that we just do. And then we have the, the extended family and they're all in the same city. Like in there, my whole family's in either Concord or Martinez and we're all just right here. Wow. I think it'd be really hard to leave. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to waste my vacations coming home to see family, I think is what it comes down to. Um, I like that. And that's what it would end up being. Like we would, we would come home. We would, we would use our vacation time to come home and see the family. Um, and I don't want to have to live like that. So for the time being, we're stuck in California, which honestly, aside from the politics and, you know, not opening up and not basically everything that has gone down in the last two years here in California, mm-hmm. aside from all that, it's a beautiful place to live. I mean, we're in the Bay Area. It's nice. Weather's great. Um, we don't get crazy ass winters we don't get freezes like you guys just dealt with <laughs> we True. don't uh and and i mean my, our winter our cold days are like 45 it'll get to like 30 it'll get to like 35 in the in the dead of night or you know three in the morning but you know we're not we're not freezing we don't get snow here we get a little bit of rain and then in the summers it's like 95 Perfect. but it's a dry heat it's it's a it's a very dry, not humid temperature. Um, no, it's your falls and, and springs are perfect. Oh yeah, 70 degrees. Just and you know, just I mean, we could what was it? It was like uh March. We were in pools. Like it was it was warm enough to be out in the pool a couple days and wow. And it, you just, you can't, you can't, it's, it's hard to walk away from, I guess, is what it comes down to. And I'll tell you the one thing that I love about California, that area in Newport as well, is it gets hot at noon and two o'clock. And when you want to go out and barbecue after a day of drinking on the beach and hanging out and having fun, playing flag football, whatever you're doing, it cools down to 75 degrees at five, six o'clock at night. Whereas here in Texas, that's where it's hottest. Yeah, it's just, it's just starting there. It's just, yeah, you're like, oh, let me turn the heater up a little bit more. I'm like, it's fucking five. I'd like to barbecue. Yeah. 
it's perfect barbecue weather if you like a thousand degree heat and Satan going, I'll catch you later. It's a little warmer yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I gotta <laughs> go. This is not okay. And uh, so, no, I, I mean, I agree with you with all, and, and the family thing. I mean, that's why we want to go to Nashville. My wife's family's there. She has a huge family. I mean, both her I mean, mom and her dad. You know, they, yeah. they got like 10 brothers and sisters on each side and all of them, you know, have kids and all of them have, you know, it's, and it's just, it's, it's crazy. And so we go there and there's 900 people that all remember my name. And I'm just like, where is Larry? Like, where are my two people that I know? Where's Phil? Yeah. Oh, there's my boy. All right. <laughs> you know, can we stick out to the garage and get a beer? Thank you. And I mean, I, but, you know, I told my wife, she's like, what do you think? And I said, listen, if you're going to ask me where I like to live, you know, do I want to live there? No. I don't, I like it here, I just do. But if you're telling me you wanna go there and it's gonna make you happier and you're gonna be closer to the family and you really think that's gonna be best for Harper and make her happy, fantastic. I'll do it in a second, because I don't care. Remember, I lived in Clancy, Montana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've lived, you've lived all over the place. You've, yeah. You've, you've moved. I've moved a lot, but I look at it this way. I mean, I can go anywhere and hang out and I feel yeah. bad for people that don't move. I get it. I get why they don't, but there's a cool thing about me moving a lot when I was a kid, moving a lot as an adult. And, uh, and then also now having this podcast is that now I don't, there's not a state I can't roll into and say hi to someone. Yeah. Or if I'm in a pickle and I'm too far away that I just can't put a message out and I wouldn't have 10 friends go, oh, bro, I know someone here. And, and you know, I, I look at my daughter and it's like, hey, let me tell you something. The reason dad can do these things is because dad is, you know, uh, dad, dad hangs out with people. She's like, what? I'm like, making friends is about finding those people that, you know, where, the, you'll do anything for them and they'll do something for you. And that's not necessarily monetary. That's more of like, oh, I'm in New York and I'm going, I have five friends in New York. Who do you want to talk to? Because you just have that camaraderie and faith and trust. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and some people are, you know, I came from a really broken home and, you know, it, 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 it fractured more and more as, as every kid got older and older. So none of us wanted to be around, you know, our family, really. Yeah. And his cousins, right? Because the parents are fighting. So it's like, fuck. And we weren't old enough to drink yet. So what are we going to do? We're going to go downstairs. So you got, you know, a set bitching down here. You got a set bitching up there. And you're like, fuck, get me out of here. I'm 17. You know, so I'm, I'm, there's part of me that's very jealous of being able to like walk down, see a, see a brother and just be, you know, a couple minutes away. That's, that's beautiful. It is nice. It is nice. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not great at making friends. I uh, I have a core group of friends, but I've I've realized because people change, right? Like I have I've lost two, actually three. I've lost three really good friends because of different circumstances throughout life. Uh -huh. um, like I mean, people who I had keys to their house, and you know, like wow. people people who would come over to to our house for Christmas morning, you know, like those people are just gone out of my life. And I've realized that you can't just, you can't just know, or you, you can't just like say, I have this core group of friends and that's it. I've, mm -hmm. you know, one of the cool things we did last year with COVID uh, was we joined, there's a, a private pool in Concord that we joined and we created so many friends 
just nice. from being there. You know, and everything was shut down. So pretty much anybody who was comfortable enough going and being around other people was going. And this whole core group of friends got created. And it was kind of amazing. And we just spent Easter with all those people. We did a huge camping trip with like 10 families out in Big Sur. Dude, that's and, awesome. Uh, it was amazing. And I've never, I've never really before this been able to create new friendships like after high school um, or like my early working career. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I kind of realized the last two to three years that I've had to kind of like go outside my comfort zone, open myself up again, meet new people and allow them to know me where before I was like, oh, I don't know them, fuck them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's kind of the same, I did it with you. Like I, you know, and we've only, we've only personally met one time. That's right. But we talk a um, lot. People, but we do weird. talk, we talk a lot. <laughs> we, I mean, it, there's texts going on, there's emails all the time, but it's, it's kind of the same thing I did with you. Like I'm, I met you, we didn't talk a lot pre-meeting like I think we we emailed here and there but once I met you and like dude, Jason's like one of the coolest guys I've ever met then I was like I just I want to be Jason's friend and you know that's kind of that's kind of the way I I, I'm doing that's kind of the way I'm living my life now like once I meet somebody who I'm like you know super cool just I'm comfortable around then I'm just like I'm having to learn to open myself up again and and meet new people because you can't count on the people that you used to know because everybody changes People yeah. change throughout their whole lives. And that's why, and that's why people get married and divorced. True. You, you, you get married, you love each other. And then, you know, 20 years down the road, you're not the same, you're not the same person you were. Yeah. I mean, you're not the same person you were yesterday. Right. So it, no, it's I, just I something like that, that, it's like something that, that I've had to learn. Man. I just, I love, I love, I love the philosophy because, you know, it, and but thank you for the kind words, but it's also, I mean, like, I dude, I met you, and I'm, I, I always say this joke because I had to change. I mean, I was the kid. I got in trouble by my parents if I wasn't trying to make friends or meeting people. I wanted to sit in my room and just play with my cars and listen to Huey Lewis in the news. I didn't want to be around anyone. You know, you give me some Eddie Rabbit, a little Muddy Waters, some Huey Lewis in the news. I'm seven years old. You, don't, you won't see me for a weekend right and I didn't like people and even through my 20s I didn't like people I'm mean, like I just don't like people you know shady motherfuckers I don't like people I have a couple of my friends they invite other people around I'll get a little boozy make everybody laugh but then you leave me the fuck alone don't call me yeah. we're not hanging out we're not boys and uh you know I something happened and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna freak people out and be like we're just friends and, you know, with, with like Jesse Mae Pelusa when she came and did the podcast and didn't know me from Adam, you know, and I'm like, you want to come to a dark bar where it's just you and me and a bartender, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or Katarina Schlode who didn't know me from Adam. And I'm like, hey, we're going to do this. And she's like, sure. And then I just like, you, you we're friends now. You know that, right? Yeah. And, Ka- we're, and Katarina's we're like, now. yeah. And she's like, uh, you know, I've got my man over here and I'm like no 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 no. we're, we're, we're trying to be that kind of friend yeah but we're friends and she's like okay and I'm like no no cat we're friends now Jesse we're friends now and then she's like okay and then the first time I got a check for doing an event I donated that to um 
the uh, Alzheimer's Association and called Jesse May from the bar and was like, hey, I know what happened with your dad and Alzheimer's. And we were able to get a paid event and all the money's going to that. Hope you're doing well. Bye. And she's like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, we're just friends. This is what you, I'm crazy now. And when um, when we chatted on the phone and then we met in person, it was so funny because I was telling my wife, well, hey, I met Scott. She's like, oh, how was it? I'm like, awesome. Yeah, it's friend. And she's like, honey, does he know your friends? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Taylor does the same thing. Like, I'll, I'll just kind of like, no, babe, I'm going to go hang out with them. Like, she's like, but do you know them? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I will. I will. I will. I will. It's fine. I got this. Yep. Yeah, she would, uh, it would, uh, it just, it would drive her crazy because she went, you know, she goes, honey, you went from the fucking, I don't care, you know, her friend uh, would fly her in his private jet to, uh, with all of her girlfriends, a couple other people to the Houston Texans games, get the luxury suite, limo, everything. Do you want to go? I'm like, do I have to talk to people? Fuck, I don't want to go talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> and, just so hard for me to believe that you were ever like that. Oh, dude, for a very long time. I mean, and there was a, you know, like, uh, I'll have to, uh, we'll have to do one of these with like Father John or Brett or who have known me for 25 years, almost just longer than that, 20, 28 years. And uh, you'll be able to hear it's like, oh, yeah, no, he used to just be just an asshole. Still kind of am. I just, you know, but in a different way, like now I'm just a fun loving asshole. And I just, you know, poke the bear sometimes, but I'm just doing it for jest, you know, but yeah. also you get around people that open you up and expose like my neighbors here. Oh, did Shaw tell you when he came out here, what happened? No. So he was out here in Austin, supposed to do these shows, COVID cancels everything. And he stopped. It was right, right when COVID hit, right? Yep. I remember the, the podcast that you and Shaw did, you were actually in like a tap room or a brewery. Yep. And then but then I think COVID hit and everything got shut down. Yeah. So he was supposed to do some shows with me and everything got shut down. And so we pulled some strings, got, did a couple of interviews, had some fun. And then, I mean, this dude, he's an accomplished man. And I'm like, Hey, you ready? He goes, sure. <laughs> and we get in my car and we drive to my house and we go over to my neighbor's house, open up his garage, pull out all his chairs and start driveway drinking with moonshine and beer, strong IPAs, <laughs> till two in the morning. And Shaw's like, I mean, you know, like we had other neighbors coming and going. He's like, is this your house? I'm like, no, that's my house over there. He's <laughs> like, but, whose but house I, is this? But I, I kind of live here too. I live here on the weekends, you know, from yeah. about five until 2 a.m. And, you know, he was like, but he just hung, he and his girl just hung out. They just hung out, had a great time, broke out. And then, you know, we've been and I'm like, you know, we're friends now. And he's like, yeah, I know. Cause we drank moonshine in your neighbor's driveway. He goes, you can <laughs> yeah. host me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, was, you know, awesome. he's, he's a crazy fun guy. And I, I like, you know, when someone's successful and not pretentious, you know, and that was, that's yes, what Shaw that's was, cool. you know, and I, I it's, it warms my heart that he reached out to you and was like, Hey, thanks. This is awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, it was it was super cool because you know, like I'm not expecting anything in return. You know, like we kind of we have our deal when you have somebody on and we ship them an ammo can. And we, you know, Taylor, my wife is amazing with what she does with her whatever. Like, dude, she, my Canyon Ferry guy is like, bro, 
I'm showing people this and they're telling me, I don't know. I don't know if I could do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't know where she gets it from. Like she's, she, I mean, she's amazing with her job. She's like, she does mortgage stuff that I don't understand. She creates product that I'm like, mm-hmm. for, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll just throw out some like mortgage lingo just to make her laugh every once in a while. Um, but in the meantime, she's just like knocking out my custom products for me. You know, like I'll give her an idea of what my my ideal image for you know what we're gonna do is, and she's like, "Oh, you mean like this?" And like within 15 seconds, I'm like, "You just made it 10 times better." So like, <laughs> but you know, like when we do those custom ones for for the guests on this podcast, and they you know I don't I have zero. I don't I don't expect anything like I don't expect anybody to actually like throw it on their Instagram like I don't expect anything shot like blew it up yeah and he it went crazy awesome. it was he, amazing he did and you know um I'm talking to her team uh because uh we've got a, a, chef, a celebrity chef guest coming on who lives in Nashville um and has a couple breweries you know the, the old dancing spice queen and uh, you know I said hey we're gonna do one of these but you know, I want to know what she wants on the side here. And she's like, oh, well, what does it cost? And I'm like, no, 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 this is like, <laughs> this is the thing. It's, it's, it'll just show up. It's just going to show up. And she's like, uh, whoa, are you, you know, and, and why? And I was like, because like this, you know, it's for me, it's connecting businesses and hoping that Shaw does what he does for you. Right. And that, yeah any other guest, you know, does that for you because it's like, oh, I've got something cool, unique and new that no one else has. I mean, you can't throw a stone in any nice subdivision and not hit a Yeti cooler, right? And that doesn't make Yeti not- I've got got like 35 Yetis. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make Yeti uncool. Yeti's an awesome brand and they do a great job. But when you walk over with that canister Everyone goes, the beer's cold in the Yeti, but the beer's fucking cool in that. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it, everyone just gravitates to it. Their eyes just pop to it. And it's, and so when I, when it, you know, when I think about people and I'm like, oh, let's get it in this person's hands. And I'm just like, if your mind goes like where Shaw's mind went, then you're going to celebrate it. You're going to do it. I mean, Jack Carr, he did his YouTube thing and held it oh up. Oh my God. When Jack Carr, when Jack Carr did his, it was ridiculous. When when he threw it on his YouTube account or his YouTube yeah post, it was insane. I I mean it was nuts. I was so excited. When that that was, I was I was smiling from ear to ear because that's what that's what I want. Like that's the those are the things that make me the absolute happiest, right? That you know, because I, 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 what he said, he had something, and I tagged him in one of your posts, and I was like, really, I mean, yeah, it was out of the blue. It was fully out of the yeah. blue. Like he just, like, like he saw your post or something, and he goes, "That's cool." Yeah. And you're like, he's, and you're like, when do you want one? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, and then, like that guy is so Jack Carr is just so like, no, I just want a regular one. Like he's so just like. I'm nothing special. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm just this guy. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, listen, man, for any for any combat or even for any police officer, 
anybody that does any kind of service for our country, we Taylor and I made the deal where we'll do their name and their rank on the side of, of our ammo can for free. Like you, you just deserve that, right? Awesome. It's something that, and so I was like, I do this for a private, you know, somebody who I'll do it for anybody in the military. It was like, what was your rank when you retired? And he goes, oh, you mean Lieutenant Commander? I'm like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> You mean, yeah. and just downplays it. Oh, you mean Lieutenant Commander in the SEAL division? Do that? Yeah. Mm, okay. That, it's like, okay, yeah, obviously that's going on the side of your camp. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> He's just like, oh, you mean, you know, like the 15 years I spent serving our country and, you know, being badass the whole time? Yeah, being really fucking good. Uh, there's a, um, I'm going to reach out to you uh, with one because... I think it's going to make it in his movie. So veteran, and I'll introduce you guys on email so you guys can talk, but uh, yeah. he's a paratrooper, he's two tours in Iraq, uh, second as a paratrooper. And then his only focus in life is when he makes his movies is incorporating uh, veterans in them and using mm -hmm. veteran groups. So he'll bring in 50 veterans because he'll set, he sets his movie sets up and he sets everything up uh, the way they deploy. So yeah. if they're going into Authentic. battle, yeah. So it's, but it's, but that's just like, even if he's doing a comedy, if he's making a comedy movie, he's like, mm -hmm. you know how we deploy, we set, we manage, we deliver, boom, boom, you know, whatever the, the three things are for their acronyms. He's like, he sets the setup that same way. So they're comfortable in it and then puts them to work. And dude, he's doing some cool shit really really cool shit and I, I i love it because he doesn't stray away from you know what, what you just said you're like wife and i made a decision and we're doing this for these people because they serve and he's like that because he is hey you know what this this military this family this group they need help and you know what i'm going to do everything i can and it's not lip service i mean you go yeah. Anytime, any project, there is just mandatory. It's like, man, veterans, and then what money is going to veterans? Everything. Cool cat. Special guy, that's for sure. And, and you know, he makes good movies. So get your gear in a movie. <laughs> that'd be, I mean, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Well, we'll get it done then. Well, let's just do it, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you my, my favorite you know, like personalized can that we've done. Dude, please. So, so this this winter when uh, when my Etsy store got quiet because we were getting too close to Christmas, I had this brilliant, it like shoot me in the head moment where I was like, I'm gonna throw it on Facebook Marketplace, right? Maybe I'll sell a couple. It went fucking insane. Um, I think I sold 70 in a week. Like Whoa. Taylor, and this was like, I was working up until Christmas Eve. Like people were coming to my house and picking them up. And I had this, I had this one dude reach out. He goes, Hey man, um, can I get one with a Honda pilot on there? And it says impressive rig. No. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, I looked at Taylor. I like, I read, I, I like, I sent her the email. I was like, what do you think? And she, she sent me an image of like a second generation Honda pilot. And she goes, send them that. And it was the same kind of deal we did with your buddies, uh, the Kenyan, the Kenyan. Uh, Kenyan Ferry Brewing. Yeah. Yep. 
Fairy, Fairy Canyon Brewery, the like a printed vinyl. Mm-hmm. She goes, I mean, this is this is kind of all I can do is like a print a vinyl. So it was like second gen old school pilot. And I sent it to him like, I was like, you mean like this? He goes, that's fucking perfect. No. <laughs> Honda Pilot, second generation, old school, kind of squarish Honda Pilot, just kind of printed vinyl on there with impressive rig underneath it. Honest to God, the favorite one, my favorite one I've ever done. And I, I never got the story behind it. You know, so some guy had one somewhere and he loved the shit out of his Honda Pilot and, and everybody else made fun of him or something like that. Like, but it was just like an amazing, like one of those things, like I just I kind of want to make another one. <laughs> you know? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I, it, I mean, it, it was kind of, it was one of those things like, uh, I mean, obviously it was like, and I had, there was a lot of personalized, personalized ones that we did. Taylor absolutely hated me that week. <laughs> it was, it was nonstop. Like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I was just literally out in the garage drilling holes, like sun up to sundown. I mean, those are six holes per can, and those yeah. each hole takes each hole takes about four minutes. Really? Um, yeah. No, it's not. A, it's not a quick process. So, and it's loud, and my neighbors hate me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but, it's right around uh, Christmas. And like, oh yeah, no, and, you know, it, and it's even worse when it gets dark early. So it seems like you're out there at nine o'clock at night when it's like five thirty. Yep. Yeah. And, but um. But it was like, it was an amazing time. I connected with a lot of people who were like, really, you know, they're like, I've never seen anything like this. You know, my family's gonna love it. It, you know, so out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And I've got people still like hitting me up and like, hey, remember I got this from you? Can you do this now? It's it's cool. It's a lot of repeat business. So I'm getting out of that one ad. Dude, uh, that's awesome. And we did, uh, I was, I mean, my cousin Zach was blown away. He, he um, I thought, I think he reached out to you. He was going to, because he was like, Hey, can I get Scott's email? I was like, sure. Well, okay. Here it is. Oh, is but that, I might've uh, given him the, the, uh, the website. My old one. one. Yeah. Got my old one. I think I did. So I apologize. I'll, I'll, uh, do an email and uh, connect and say, so yeah, he probably thinks I'm an asshole for not responding. <laughs> yeah. I'll let him know you are. No, I, I will take no responsibility as always, sir. How dare no, you? He's a dick. He doesn't respond. And so he's like, it's, it's, like when you send him a bill and the yellow one he won't respond to the yellow one shows up and it's got to be the right shade of yellow or (laughs) that's right (laughs) i'm doing that light yellow bullshit okay listen just come on give it to me straight no but it's um i think it's interesting because he was i asked him i go hey do you want anything on it and he goes no 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 and i was like all right i mean i think they're cool playing as well enjoy and you know, then my buddy Mike Libby and his wife, they were, they got the big one and then the, the little, yeah, the, uh, the little, uh, the little one. So he works on an oil rig and you know, he goes over there and he's showing his buddies and they're just like, holy, like it was because once again, it's just that unique thing. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, he's like, yeah, my team was just, you know, and I'm just like, thanks Mike, you know, and it's just, it's, when you see something unique and cool like that, and then to hear a story about someone really putting a spin on it, right? And you kind of get the, the, the all sides of, of not only what you can do, but what the product can do, essentially. It's, it's fun because you just, it, it is in its own little way. It's like a, its own little boys trip because there's just, a, there's a story behind everyone. 
and it creates attention and uh, and recalls and brings backstories. You know what I learned to do because I take these things to uh, to softball games. I still play old man softball. Uh, and what I do is I'll make a new one every week and I'll take a new one and I'll mm -hmm. sell it that night. Somebody will walk up to me like, oh, what is that? Like, is, is, this is yours for 50 bucks, <laughs> you know? Nice. <laughs> and they walk away. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, they, uh, that's a great idea. I mean, I would, I take it over to Trey's. I have it on my desk during meetings and then I, I you know. Actually, I need to send you a, like a, just a standard one because you still just have the painted one, right? Yeah, I got that right on my desk, bro. I got yeah, that I need boy. to send you just a standard one that you can beat up and take around and not worry about chipping paint. Oh, I take, I still take it around, but anyone gets too close and I kick him in the dick. I'm like, hey. Well, now you got, <laughs> you got Tim Kennedy's signature on that one. Yes, you don't I want do. Close. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll, I'll send you a new one. I'll send you like a standard one where you can just take it around and not worry about it. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Hey, so to I want I want to jump back to this movie here real quick. Yes. Um, what were you like in school? Good student? Oh, no, I was a shitty student. I was the worst. I, I am the whole time. Dyslexic. Oh, oh, no, I was really bad. OK. Uh, um, I, I mean, I was so bad to where graduation day in high school. I had to call my mom and tell her that, yeah, you can tell the family to show up. I made it. But yeah, it was, I, it was rough. Uh, so, so here's what happened. Like I grew up in, so I grew up in El Sobrani first, which is a uh, like subdivision of Richmond, California. Okay. Um, that school fed into the Richmond school district, which I don't know if you listen to rap music much, but Richmond is one of the hotspots for rappers it's, it's kind of like a mini oakland um okay it's very i was i was minority this i mean it was it was rough from junior high through high school for me um what happened is i got into enough altercations at school to where the principal said maybe you don't belong here in and that was pretty much the end of 10th grade whoa um but in the in the meantime i it had been discovered that I had um, dyslexia. And at that time, there wasn't too much known about it. Like there were teachers, teachers didn't know how to teach around learning disabilities at that time. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of like at that school, uh, hey, Scott, why don't you just go to the computer lab every day and I'll pass you with a seat. That's kind of what, what was happening to me at, at that school, in that school district. Damn. Um, once it once the principal made a decision to get me out of that school um, to make his life easier, we used we used my ranch's address to go to the Martinez School District, which was a much better school. Like it was all it was it was like culture shock. It was like, oh, the teachers care about you. Um, you're not gonna get beat up every day. You don't have to worry about shootings on school property. Whoa. You can actually worry about school. Um, so for me, going into being a junior and going into that kind of scenario was rough. Um, I had a lot of catching up to do. And luckily, I had some really good teachers that, that kind of caught me up. I had one that really, she, she really fought for me to stay behind and redo 11th grade. My mom was really against it for some reason. 
I'm not sure why, but I was I was okay with it because the, the friends that I made at that school, they were a grade behind me. So I kind of wanted to go back and sure. do one another year so I could be with them. And those guys are actually the some of my best friends I have now to this day. Um, but whatever, I, I, I went through and, and I made it. I wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Uh, it was rough and, uh, I didn't enjoy school. It wasn't, it wasn't a place that I wanted to go. I, I enjoyed, so I had metal shop. I had, um, drafting once I got to Martinez mm-hmm. and I had, I learned how to type. Those were the three classes that I really kind of grasped onto. And PE. I mean, I love PE. Who does this? Which kid doesn't? Um, But but shit, put me in civics or put me in math. And I mean, I had to do senior math just to graduate, which was pretty much like, hey, uh, two plus two is four and da, 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 da. They kind of put me on a course just so I could barely scrape through and not not redo my senior year. Going into college, my parents were dead set on me being a college kid. They didn't understand what I wanted. Um, So I basically got a job at some little shithole sporting goods store, and I paid for my college courses at DVC, which is our little community college here in Concord. And I got put on academic probation three times, and they said, hey, don't come back until you figure this shit out. So that was my college career. Um, <laughs> so I got my class A license and I started driving a truck and, and kind of made a life for myself that way. But yeah, I was not the school kid. My brother was a school kid. My brother was, I mean, he didn't have to study. He could do whatever he wanted. And he, it was just like A's, went to San Diego college and then ended up in Sac State and graduated the economics degree. Super proud of him for that. Wow. Um, Cause that's something, that's something I could never do. Like it just wasn't in me to do that. So. That's interesting because, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's a crazy story, man. I mean, that's just, you know, it's, it blows my mind, one, how, uh, how school treated you both, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, let's just let's get it out, right? Get them out, get them out. Yeah. But, you know, I would say, uh, even more mind blowing is, dude, you don't, you still have friends from there, right? Yeah. I mean, you still have yeah. friends Absolutely. from there, you know? So it's just, it's, it's all, you know, and you know, if folks, you want to take something away from this, it re- really take away from the fact that in a negative experience, you can, you can really pull some positive relationships. I mean, you, you, you had to, because there wasn't, I was going to school, look, just looking for anything to, to grab onto. Right. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, and I wasn't, I didn't play any sports in school. I I rode horses all the way through uh, 10th grade. I was, I did like a three day eventing. And um, so I was that guy. So like when you see the Olympics horse riding and you know, that's, that's what I was doing all through high school until my knee got blown out one (laughs) really bad day. Um, In fact, even in the Richmond school district, um, my PE was signed off by my horse trainer just so I didn't have to go to PE because I got into fights there. You know, it was, it was, it was just crazy, but, um, I didn't play sports, so I didn't get that camaraderie. Uh, I didn't get those friends mm-hmm. that, that you gained through playing sports. Um, 
So I think that was one thing that was against me too, is I was just like that guy who was just there and it is what it is, but luckily got out of there. So hold on, so horses. Yeah. So you were riding like competitively doing the jumps and. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What got you into that? Well, um, my family, when I was young, my family owned a construction company uh, in Napa, mm-hmm. and it was very, it, it was doing very well. And then some of the wrong people were trusted in the company, and everything went downhill. Uh, money was stolen, company was lost, but they still had all of this equipment that they didn't liquidate that had to go somewhere. So we found this chunk of property out in Martinez that it was 20 acres, and it had this old shitty ass barn on there, and that was it. It was just an old barn. Um, so it's kind of perfect. It was just kind of store all this crane equipment and, you know, all this welding stuff and just kind of slam it in a corner. And then we put a house in and, uh, my, my parents, uh, moved there with us as kids and I believe I was in second grade. Um, and all around us, all, all our neighbors had horses. So it was, it just kind of naturally came that horses would show up. One one day, some lady drove down the road, she stopped and she saw our barn and she goes, hey, I know you're not boarding horses, but you know, would you be willing to fix up one stall? And my dad was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then she brought friends. And then one by one, this old barn got retrofitted into this new barn um, to the point where at one, at the high point, I think we had 45 horses there. Whoa. Um, and we had, I mean, it, it, they threw in an indoor arena, they threw an outdoor arena, we had trainers in and out all day. Um, and it just kind of, just kind of transitioned. Like I, I just kind of went that the horse life. It was easy. It was in my backyard. It was right there. I could, I couldn't not do it. Um, and it was fun. Like I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm a, I'm a huge animal person. Like if you, hey, my wife, calls me Dr. Doodle. Like I'll be the guy <laughs> out in my front yard feeding the wild turkeys Ritz crackers, you know, because that's what I can grab quickest before they take off. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I love animals. I love every animal, um, except for peacocks, they're dickheads. Um, <laughs> any bird, I don't, I don't like a lot of birds. Birds are, birds are kind of assholes. Birds and uh, snakes. I don't like yeah, snakes. you can't read them. You can't yeah. read them. It's got that stone. You know what face. they're thinking. Uh, dog, you can see when they're getting aggra- aggravated and they're going to bite you. You can kind of prevent that. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, the the trainers just kind of grabbed a hold of me. I was kind of the right age to, to just kind of mold and, and do what they wanted. And it got to a point where I was competing on a pretty high level and uh, having fun. And, you know, we were traveling across the country, uh, across California, doing a lot of the three-day events and, uh, you know, and how many, how many like 12, 13-year-old dudes can say that they pretty much, they were in an event where it was pretty much all women, you know, I, I pretty much just hung out with girls all day, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a bad deal. Heck no, it's <laughs> so, a fantastic uh, deal. Yeah, so I got to know a lot of girls and, you know, how they think and how they act and hang out and go on trips and, you know, travel and it was fun. So, so it was weird. I had like that, I had that part of my life 
And then I had the go to school and get your ass kicked part of my life all at the same time. It was, wow. it was a weird, it was a weird thing I had going on. So, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, what a, what a paradox there. Talk about a yin yeah. and a yang. Uh, how did, uh, as we're at the kind of the, the scene where Billy and his lady are chatting it up. How he's got you, her in his tent. He's got her in the magical tent. How did you and Taylor meet? <laughs> Taylor and I met, um, we met at a restaurant called Stanford's in Walnut Creek. Um, Ooh, Walnut Creek, I like Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek is nice. Walnut yeah. Creek is fun. So I happened to be driving through, I, I had a little import at the time. I had a Honda Eclipse and it was Fast and the Furious time. So of course it was lowered and it had exhaust up, you know, loud. And, um, I, was, I was off work and I was driving through the mall parking lot, just setting off car alarms. You know, seemed fun. You know, just revving my engine and setting off car alarms. And my neighbor who, who lived directly downstairs from me was doing the same exact thing. <laughs> so and we kind of like we we just kind of like crossed paths and i was like hey what's up what are you doing and he, he's like i'm about to go to dinner with a couple of girls you want to go like sure got nothing else to do so i went to dinner and there she was sitting there at the head of the table and she went uh she went boss bitch and paid for dinner and she was kind of showing off Ooh. and uh and then i was, I was just kind of like i don't she was gorgeous and I kind of fell in love with her at first sight, but she was also way too hot for me. And I was like, there's no way any of this would ever happen. So the next place we went to was this bar and I was literally wearing dirty clothes. I came from work. I was a truck driver. Like I was wearing an old tap master shirt and dirty jeans. And there's this girl trying to talk to me and I would, I would like look at her and give her one word answer. She's like, where do you live? And I turn around, I'm like, I live in Bay Point. And <laughs> turn back around, look at whoever's playing pool. And that was it. So then she took off. She's like, well, fuck this guy. <laughs> um, she, she had a date that night anyways. So she's like, she was out of there. And my buddy came up and he goes, and so he was hanging out with her roommate. And he goes, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're an idiot. And he's like, what? He goes, on the ride there, apparently it was known that she was into me. And Ooh. I was just blowing her off. So after that, I made sure that anytime that my buddy was there hanging out with them, I was there. And it just, I just stalked her enough to where I wore her back down and we started <laughs> hanging out. So that was that's our story. I, uh, I stalked the shit out of her until it worked. She fell in love first and, uh, you know... And then you, you, you won her. Then you found yeah. out that she'd fallen in it's, love. It's funny because uh, once I told her I lived in Bay Point, she goes, oh, I don't do long distance relationships. And she lived in Walnut Creek and Walnut <laughs> Creek to Bay Point in a car is maybe five minutes. She had no idea where it was because it was up over a hill where she couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Walnut Creek. Where they check your credit before they say hello. So, oh, I'm sure I'm sure some stores have like a little sensor that scans you when you walk through and oh yeah they already know everything about you yeah 100 it's walnut creek you know come on it's crazy yeah that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a go ahead walnut, walnut creek is funny that way they, walnut creek lafayette her parents live in lafayette as well and uh i was always skeptical about you know anybody that lived in, in lafayette mm -hmm. 
I'm like, yeah, that's the wrong kind of person I don't hang out with, but they're super cool people. I like it. I would, uh, I remember I when I was in Palo Alto, I was working in Palo Alto and uh, I had two jobs there. I had a PR firm job, but I wasn't getting paid enough at the firm to afford rent. And uh, Palo Alto is so, tough. Dude, Palo Alto is super tough. And, and so it's weird because it's like ghetto and, and nice. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's either super sketchy, one of the most dangerous parts in uh, in Central California, or super duper nice. Yeah. And so I would work at uh, uh, Antonio's Nut House off California Street at night, and then I'd have my day job, at, you know, and I lived at the PR firm. So I showered there, like I just, and no one knew I lived there. Just trying to save up money so I could rent, you know, and, uh, and it was, but there was a, uh, there was a crazy bar in um, Mission, what's the place just south of uh, Palo Alto? Starts with an M. Anyways, it was- Oh, Milpitas? Milpitas, yeah. So there was this guy, he had this bar and we'd always go there and drink. And uh, he, uh, he was missing an eye and he had a kind of a, a poorly done glass eye because it wasn't, you know, it's always got a little wonky. And he'd tell, you know, he lost that eye in a knife fight in that bar. That's a hard way to lose an eye. <laughs> it's not the best. Like. I can't even imagine that. I have a, I have a really, I have a bad thing with eyes. I, I, I don't like touching eyes. Taylor has a way of poking me in the eye at least once a week. And I don't know what it, like she'll be, we'll be laying in bed and she'll be like, hey, can you reach that? And I turn my head and there's her finger in my eye. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but like, I, I won't take her contacts out for her. That's, that's her wet dream. If I was, a, if I ever take her contact out for her, we can oh. end the relationship. Done. Like, we we pinnacled. Perfection has been achieved, sir. Yes. Yeah, I, I will not touch wrong. an eyeball. I won't. I, I have a thing with eyes. So just Oof. like hearing those stories of people losing their eyes, especially like in a knife fight, mm, I'm <laughs> cashed out. You're like, I'm done. Done. He, you, you, you've lost me already. <laughs> he gave us his bar. I talked him into giving us a free keg. And we would pay a hundred dollars to have a private Halloween party there, and I only and I invited like my friends and uh, the people was people I worked with, and then all of their friends, and we blew this bar up. People were wrestling uh, blow up alligators. It was insane. So we started doing this like once a quarter. We just you know go rent this bar for a, on a Friday night. And he was just like, yeah, hundred bucks. And I'll give you a hundred fifty dollars worth of keg and you're good to go. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is, I don't know why we're paying. And you know, we're just making money being here basically. Yeah. And we had so much fun. And one night I'm in there and the, thank God for nice people and nice bars uh, because they knew who I was and we always had fun. We always tipped really well. And this guy wanted to play me pool. He's like, let's play. I was like, all right, yeah, sounds good. And we're uh, racking up, play nine ball, slow play him, end up about a 225 up on him. And then I want to stop. And so I stop and tell the bartender to get me a beer and go use the restroom, come back out. And I'm drinking the beer. And all of a sudden, I don't feel 100%. 
and I'm feeling off. And she, the phone rings and she sees me and the phone rings and the guys are still there that I took the money from. And she goes, hey, Jason, come here. The phone's for you. It's Mac. And I go, oh, okay. Walk back there. She looks at me, puts me in the cooler and says, just pass out here. You're safe. They're not going to yeah. get you. And next thing I knew, it was five in the morning and she was driving me to my apartment. That's so nice. And I was just like, thank God for this guy who was foolish enough to rent me his bar so many times. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that I got to know the bartender so well. And she knew that you were in trouble. Yeah, and just saved me. Just yeah. saved my dumb face. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. But that's that Bay Area, man. They got nice people up there. There are, there are some nice people up here. There are. Gets a little bad rap sometimes, but folks, just get out of San Francisco. And it's pretty Yeah, awesome. don't go to the city. Everybody, everybody that comes here, they want to go to the city. The city is garbage. Don't go to the city. I mean, if you go to the city, here's what you do. First, you download the human shit detector. What it does yeah. is it reports to you on your walk the way you can get from point A to point B without stepping or seeing human poop. That's how I'm, awesome San Francisco is. I'm Let's so happy. Go. So happy. All my friends have kind of graduated from the whole, like, it's my birthday. I want to go to the city. Oh. I mean, it's literally just a fucking shithole. I mean, now it, and I mean, it's just, there are some cool spots in the city. There, there are, mm -hmm. there's a couple cool spots, but there's so many cool things to do in the Bay area. You don't have to go to the city. No, and it's funny that I, it's like I'll be uh, so we're just in Mexico, right? Um, and everybody that you meet in the pool or whatever, hey, where are you from? Where are you from? And you're like, uh, I have to fucking say the San Francisco area. I have to. And it, 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 it's it's like you might as well just stab me in the face right now for me to have to say I live around because I'm like, oh, uh, Bay Area, and they're like, which Bay Area? There's a couple oh. of areas, right? Yeah. Like, fucking san francisco <laughs> you know <laughs> it's uh, i mean i don't know it's just it's garbage i used to work in the city on a daily basis driving a truck through there and Ugh. it's just fucking gross i have a really good buddy who does uh garbage he actually does garbage in the city and the amount of stories that he comes out of there with but from fighting off bums with needles and whatever and people trying to stab him for no reason he's doing his job Dude. it's just stuff it's fucking gross yeah i went up there for uh some work this uh financial services company was flying me up there and dude it was one morning i was like i'm just gonna walk in and the guy was like you should take an uber here I was like yeah. I'll just, it's 10 blocks i'm gonna walk so i'd really take an uber and uh yeah i should have taken a fucking uber it yeah. was so sketchy. And I didn't, you know, I remember, I used to live in San Francisco. I didn't remember, you know, I didn't, wasn't putting two and two together. You know, I had been, I was like Portland. Portland was bad. Now, San Francisco makes Portland like a fucking dream. Yeah, I've never been to Portland. I've been to Seattle. Seattle, I really liked. Um, but my wife has been to Portland for work and she's like, it's dirty. It's gross. It is, it's, it's a dark, dirty, dirty city. It is physically just dirty and per capita it has the most strip clubs uh of any city i mean it makes sense yeah 
Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, are you on Steve Buscemi right now? Yes. So you know what's funny is before we, you know, I did did some little research before we were on this morning, and I was looking at the cast. He is not listed as one of the main cast members. They what? they they fucking had the guy who was the clown at one of his birthday parties in the cast, but they did not have Steve Buscemi. And I was like, he's he's kind of pivotal in the storyline. Yeah, I mean, it makes it's it's a key feature in how things play out. Yeah, I, I that's it. interesting. I wonder if he just didn't want it, or maybe if... he didn't want it. I mean, he was he. I don't think he's afraid of playing a freaky character. Yeah, that's weird. It threw me off for a minute. That's but, really uh, interesting. I love the fact that Newman's in this movie. Fucking Newman. What? And Seinfeld and Newman. Yes. Just one of the best. I could, that's still something. The human blog. I would watch it in a second. I mean, when oh, I try. Seinfeld is oh. one of those shows that when you land on it, is Seinfeld in The Office. The Office for me is fucking amazing. Yep. Just because yep. I lived that office life for a couple of years, I kind of like, and, and I, I will say my office, my office was not like the office. My my office was, it was rental equipment. We had, um, if if there was a woman that worked in our office, we'd all been fucked. Like we'd have sexual harassment meetings just because corporate said we had to, but then like five minutes into it, we're just back to the same old, you know, like, we're all going to get sued if a woman walks in type of thing. <laughs> um, so I literally, I didn't live that type of office life, but enough to where I understand what those guys are going through, sitting in that place for eight hours a day and dealing with the people that they're stuck with as their office mates. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I work out of the house and I like that. Well, and I like to have a lot of different things going on. I like the freedom to, to, to do other things when I want to. But dude, I go to the office once a month and it is just nerve wracking for me because like, I'm sitting in one spot, one way the whole day, unless I get up and do a meeting and I'm back at my spot. No, I got up and got water or coffee. I don't serve beer there. Can't get a glass of wine. You know, I'm a sophisticated individual. I, I might want both. Who knows? I have a complex palate. <laughs> I'm bougie that way, okay? But instead, I've got to wait until I clock out to go get a cocktail. You know, it's just... I, don't I, will, know. Say, I will say, thank God my boss was a stickler for alcohol. Like, I could have... I easily could have just derailed myself from life if he wasn't, you know, he knows, he knows I'm a huge beer guy. And mm -hmm. at one point I had a salesman in our office who was a huge beer guy. And if my boss, Adrian was not a stickler for beer, like I was like, man, one beer here and there, it's not going to kill us. I'm not driving heavy equipment right now. I'm not driving a track, uh, you know, a tractor trailer. I can have a beer at my office desk, right? No, you cannot. Like I would have customers dropping off beers for me because I hooked them up. I'm like, uh -huh. hey, Adrian, can I can I pop one? Yeah, five o'clock. Like, thank God he was that guy. Things could have gone downhill so badly if he wasn't, because I would have taken that one inch and drug it out to a mile. <laughs> I would have 
I would have had a kegerator at one point in my office. I know this about myself. I, uh, <laughs> when I worked for the beer company back, back in the day, my second job, bro, it was, I mean, one, we had beers at the office, of course, when I was in the office, but I had two fridges in my apartment because one was just full of beer all the time. And when we went out, I never paid for beer because I would just go to the places where our beer was sold, sold. Yeah. And just hang out. And then they would, you know, tell me, hey, you drank $200 worth. And they're like, okay, I'll bring you a new keg tomorrow. And they're like, okay. Yeah, got you. And we're done. One, one thing we made sure of, or one thing I made sure of, because I was kind of in charge of um, where we sent equipment was if we had a new brewery popping up or, you know, they were uh, building some tap room or whatever in my area and they needed equipment, all of that was either on the house or super discounted. So when I showed up there, <laughs> when I showed up there afterward, because Adrian was a dick, um, <laughs> it was, it was all, it was all on them, you know, cause I just saved them, you know, $1,500 for a day's worth of equipment. So, oh yeah. Oh, dude. there was, there was, I made sure there was usually compensation, you know, when, when I needed it. I was, I was talking to, uh, to my boss and we, you know, we like opened up Montana and, you know, he's chatting with me and, he, and I'm like, oh, we'll call my boy. He's like one of the top agents in Montana. And he looks at me, he's like, is there a place where you don't have someone? Just curious. He goes, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to start opening up and changing my business model to finding places where Jason doesn't know people, where he doesn't make a phone call. Cause they're like, well, we should set this uh, direct to consumer magazine up. I'm like, okay, I'll call my friend and she can set it up for us. And he's like, oh, just a friend. I go, yeah, she has, you know, she runs uh, multiple magazines. And he's like, great. Can I give you another project? And I'm like, sure, whatever you'd like, bud. You know, let's, uh, you know, chat it up. <laughs> well, yeah, let me, let me look at this text right here that you sent me the other day when I was in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Baja Cantina off of Doc K. Oh, Ask yeah. for a war, hey. Tell him Jason from Bisbee sent you. I've not seen him in 10 years. Great guy. His place has a special French water filtration system. All the fishermen eat there. Great food off the menu. Dude, <laughs> you know somebody everywhere. <laughs> I forgot I sent that to you. That's right. And by the time I got it, I was already so far out in deep water that I couldn't respond to you. And then I forgot all about it afterwards. But uh, Oh, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you do, you literally know somebody everywhere. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I spaced that I sent that to you, but I was like, oh shit, he's, he's there. And if you had gone and saw Jorge, you'd have, you'd have been styled out. That yeah, brother. we were, uh, so our trip was so short. It was like, we were there, we got there Friday afternoon and we left Monday afternoon. Like it was oh, such yeah, a short trip. That's a quick and trip I, there. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to go fishing. Like I wasn't going to do it. Uh, I told my wife I'm not gonna go. The the two guys who were on the trip with us for that party were mm -hmm. they're they're like they, they fish. One guy has a fishing boat, the other guy goes spear fishing, like that's what they do. I have never once filed a fishing pole ever. Like I've never fished. Wow. Um I just my my dad wasn't a fisherman. I never had friends that were fishermen. I just didn't do it. But then one of you know, one of the guys like, hey, my buddy's taking us out. He literally just brought this badass boat from San Diego two days ago to Cabo. It's $1.5 million. Uh-oh. I think we lost him, folks. It's got, 
Here it goes. Oh, there we go. Uh, it had it had four 400 horsepower outboard motors, um, and we can go 60 miles an hour on the water. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm in. The, I'm in for that. Like, yeah. I'm going. Just like." And Taylor, my wife, was like, "No, no, no, no. You are going. Like, you're not missing that boat. You, you're going on that boat." If she goes, "If you don't, if you don't hold a fishing pole, I don't give a shit. But you're going for the ride." So that's what I did. I went on the ride and. You know, it's funny is um, being the new guy who never held a fishing pole with all these guys who fish on the daily or, you know, like I was the only one that caught fish and I caught three of them. It was nice. funny. Yeah. That is awesome. We, uh, just, that cobble fishing is awesome. Uh, a gentleman I used to work for, he has multiple uh, yachts, uh, some in a Newport area and then a couple down in Cabo and then uh, one in Hawaii and I think he used to have one in Panama uh, but he'd bring you down to Cabo and you'd go fishing and, and I'd like trout fished and did a little you know rip crook fishing and all that jazz but he brought me and a buddy down we went out for the day snagged an 850 pound marlin holy shit dude and we, we're in this, we're in a 60 foot, it's, it's a 60 foot yacht. It's, you know, two stories inside. It's got a kitchen and, you know, then you got the tower that goes all the way up for the, for spotting the fish and everything. It, it's just, it's bananas. And, you know, he's like, Hey Jay, do you like to fish? And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about worms for bait and these guys yeah. are catching 10 pound tuna for bait. I'm, you know, it's just, it's so different. But you get in a fast boat, you get out there. It's awesome. Oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. That water was so nice. It was 75 degrees. And I'm the guy who I go scuba diving. Like I want to be in, I want to be the guy in the water just like hanging out with the fish, not the guy catching the fish. Mm -hmm. I actually felt I, I caught like a 25-pound red snapper, and I felt so bad when they like hooked it with the hook. I was thinking yeah. I was gonna let his ass go, right? But they like snared him up and brought him on the boat and they like snapped his gills. And I was like, and they're like, hold him, hold him. Like, all right, like I'm not, it's cool, but I'd rather he was back out in the ocean. Um, but yeah, like it, it was an amazing experience. I would, I think I'm gonna go out on that high on mm -hmm. that boat and probably never fish again. <laughs> so just get out, I'm good just, with that. Yeah, just get out and have the, uh, the, the speed fun. You know? Yeah, no, it's cool. I I would go back out on the boat. I probably wouldn't fish again, but I'd go kick it, drink some beers. Hell yeah, absolutely. Do you um, did you ever uh, did you hunt grow up, growing up or? No, no, no we never hunted. Um, and honestly, I lo I love to shoot. I love to shoot. Um, I have guns. I know it's rare for Californians. But it's just it's I just difficult for Californians. What is uh what what um. <laughs> What's your favorite to shoot? I love my AR-15. I love it. Okay. Um, it's funny. Uh, so after Sandy Hook happened, um, all of California was afraid that our government would basically ban AR-15s. So I went and I bought my AR-15. Um, and it was just a, such a nice gun. I love shooting that gun. It's just so smooth. Uh, I have a Glock. I have a. I, I love going shotgun shooting. I love. I love target shooting. Or, you know, like hitting clays. Yeah. Um, I have a couple shotguns. Um, but um, I don't think I'm not comfortable hunting. I'm not a. I'm not a guy who's out 
taken lives. I can go, I can go to the grocery store, but I'm not <laughs> against it. Like I get it. Like I get the whole concept of hunting. I get, I have so many friends that they go out and they're feeling the hike and, you know, and you know like stalking their prey i get it and i'm so not against it i'm just not the guy that's gonna pull the trigger yeah no that makes sense i uh i mean i grew up hunting we we did it so we could you know eat in the winter made our own bullets uh, mm-hmm. i had a 223 a 243 a uh, 30-06 my grandfather gave me it's the gift that every eight-year-old should get oh yeah it's a 30-06 absolutely <laughs> my, my little, little knock down my, an elk my uh, <laughs> my oldest son has gone with me shooting. My youngest mm-hmm. son still, I don't think he knows we have guns in the house. But I'm trying to make it to where it's not like a taboo thing, um, yeah. which, which I know is also rare in California. Like parents, you know, parents, parents around here hide their guns. Everybody, there's a, actually a lot of people, a lot of people that have guns here, but they they're like ashamed to talk about them. It's weird. It's a weird, weird concept around here. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's it's interesting you know, the the gun thing. I was thinking about this the other day. The uh, the reaction, you know, of uh, you know, especially when a tragedy happens, is now no, and we we got to yeah. end them. We're going to do something. Absolutely, it's a, gun it's control. A, and what what no one's ever brought up, and maybe I'm a genius for thinking this, or maybe this is still part of the problem. But um, I was like, why wouldn't you just have mandatory once a year, just like renewing your license, mandatory gun safety. So whether you drive or not, you have to have an ID. Like it, it doesn't, it's it, you know, you have to have one, right? So imagine with, you know, the, the, the testing part of, of life is just understand it. Like in, in grade school, middle school, whatever, high school, it's like just under, if, because if you're educated, your response to something is different. If you're uneducated about it, you know, like calling it an assault rifle when there's really no brand of assault rifles, right? Because that's- It's an Armalite. Yes. So yeah, see that, but but how many people know that? Because, it, and, and then outside of that, you gotta go, what if they did know something? What if they were a little more educated across not just the violence, but how the gun operates so they can understand what it does, uh, you know, just, and, and then how does your respect change, right? I mean, it's it's more obvious when someone is uber talented in something like, let's use Joe Rogan as an example, like he's not going out fighting people. In fact, he's, he's moving away from violence. You know, he talks about, I don't, I'm told, you know, no, no, no. Yet, who's gonna kick his ass, right? And you gotta think he's educated in protection. If you're educated in guns, who's getting violent in that way if you're educated? I just, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I, have, I have, no, so I have those thoughts, whereas there may not be so many mass shootings if the mass public knows that there's guns out on the street in citizens' hands um, to where, so I say there's a mass shooting, right, at a school, and now there's that whole concept where teachers should have guns. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, but say there's a match just happened. Um, and maybe grandma's got a, a 357 in her purse.
I, I lost you there for a second, brother. I think I lost him for a little bit. Am I back? You're back. So grandma 357. So, so maybe grandma shuts down, you know, the guy taking out the shoppers at, at Costco with a 357 that she's got in her purse with a concealed carry. Um, and a few of those scenarios happen enough to where people aren't like, well, shit, maybe I can't go out and do a mass shooting and wait five minutes for the cops to take me out. Maybe grandma's going to knock me down within 35 seconds before I can conflict mass carnage, you know? And I, I it, it's, it's hit or miss. Like, I feel like, I feel like the public should be able to protect themselves however they feel necessary. So if I feel like me as a fairly, uh, let's say positive, fairly capable person with a firearm can legally carry it around without everybody knowing I have it. And it's publicly known that it's okay to carry, then maybe Joe Blow over here, who's pissed off at the world, isn't going to be so ought to say, hey, I'm going to go take my uh, shotgun or my AR-15 down to the carnival and start shooting kids. Because Timmy's dad is probably caring, you know? So I don't know. I, I, feel like, I feel like there's an answer. There's probably a middle ground here to where there's a happy medium. Right. But we're not there. We're obviously not there because I, I've noticed like since COVID has kind of receded and people are out. I mean, the last three months we've had so many mass shootings. Yeah. Um, you're, the mental health aspect is now being highlighted, right? That people ignored when COVID first came out, like they just yes. didn't think about no, it. And people are angry. People are angry. And, and now they're like, Oh, that's right. Mental health. And we're kind of, instead of looking at the end, we're kind of like just peeling and hitting and we don't know what to do. And, you know, and, and you know, I, I got slaughtered on Facebook because I brought up, I go, what are you going to tell the people with mental health? Who are you going to tell the abused? How are we going to apologize? Because we've never shut down planet earth for them to make sure that they're healthy. Yeah, I saw we've that. shut down planet earth for this. And you know, people got really upset with me, but I was like, hey man, you got to carry that. You got to, you got to carry both. Right. If all lives matter, then when you when when you know if you if anyone dies, it's this bad person, and you know if anyone lives, it's this great person. It's just like, whoa, where was that two months ago? Right. Where was that when you know there's a, a soldier? What is it? Every every thirty minutes, commit suicide. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know where where's the where where's the earth stop for that? I mean, I'm just curious, and I'll, and I'll theoretically wait and hold my breath because no one cares. And so that's where I get upset because it's like this fame caring, right? It's like this, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, but everyone's doing it caring. You don't care. You don't. Well, well, also nobody cares until shit happens. Yeah. That's the thing. Like until there's a shooting or until there's a catastrophe, nobody gives a shit because something will happen. Everybody will care for two weeks. And then it's right back to normal. It, headlines are done. Nobody gives a shit. Story's over. There's not. We can't draw anything out of it. And then nothing's ever done. Nothing's yeah. ever solved. Um, yeah, you know, it, I, I couldn't agree more. It's 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 heartbreaking because 
nothing gets solved. You see the same dumb arguments. You see the same dumb responses. And, and then here in, here in, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming in Texas it's a little different, but here in California, it's right away, gun ban, do this, guns are bad, da, 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 da. Nobody goes to where the actual problem is. It's just the easiest solution. Yeah. But the easiest solution is the wrong one because the guy going out and doing the shooting isn't the guy going to take the gun tests. It's, it's not what's happening. I'm sorry. It's, it's not. The guy yeah. going to go, and now we have to, you have to jump through hoops just to buy ammo. The guy jumping through hoops just to buy ammo is not thinking he's going to do that so he can go shoot up a school. That's not what's happening. The guy going and jumping through hoops is doing that so he can protect his family. Yep. So. It's, you know, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's, um, you know, it's, it's moved from, it, it's not a debatable issue in my mind. You know, it's, it's one of our rights and it being one of our rights, you know, uh, instead it needs to become a, uh, an issue of, of education and, and an issue of conversation, you know, and, and we've lost both those. And it, you know, and so it comes to dumb responses and, and people saying dumb things because they don't understand it. I had this one guy on Twitter, nice kid, young, you know, uh, probably a little more left, well, a lot more left-leaning than I am, but he's very intelligent. And he goes, you know, uh, Austin needs to uh, release permitting and, you know, slow, you know, speed up the process or, uh, you know, uh, lax the licensing process for building new homes so we can make new homes because we have a housing shortage. And I, you know, I said, hey, you're, you're wrong. You know, the, the housing shortage started in 2008 with Dodd-Frank and the QM and non-QM status. It's not an issue of housing. It's an issue of the fact that you have 30% of people are categorized as non-QM, no matter how much money they have. And so banks don't lend to them, so they rent. So when they want to buy a house, when they've accumulated enough wealth and they go after something, they're paying all cash or they're putting 60% down. So saying just building more houses, you're still, where fine, build them, build a million. The people who want to buy them, right? People There's, who want to buy a house are buying them right now. Yeah, but also it's like, you know, the people who are going to go there, they're still not going to be part of the credit market. They're still not going to be part of the yeah. system. So you're going it, to, it, it's, you're failing because you're, you're, you're building, you know, too much then, right? Then the system's out of whack. Then your, your your big apartments don't have anything, and everything's out of whack. And for what? Oh, and by the way, because of what happened in two thousand eight, they had to pay all cash for that four hundred thousand dollar house. So they're also not part of any of the other systems that support your community on the financial services side, which is about twelve or fifteen deep. That make that four hundred thousand work a little differently. But oh, good job. Just you know keep up with your smart ideas about just saying we need more houses, you know, <laughs> come on. People. people like, people like easy solutions. That's what it comes down to. Just have a thought and throw it out there. Don't do research. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care at all. They're like, well, you know, people who are camping, you know, you got to let them do it. It's like, oh, the mentally ill should take over parks that we pay for and we can no longer use. Oh my God. All 
right. Really? You just you just hit something with me right here. So, um, we've had we've had so many homeless people in the last I would I would say year. When COVID hit, we have a little homeless um, shelter here that shut down, which is like the worst thing ever. It, it's literally right across the freeway from me. Like I could drive there in two minutes. Um, so where'd all those guys go? Where'd they go? They dispersed. Yeah. Throughout all, I mean, they're just wherever they go. Um, and then shortly after, you drive down my hill, you make a left towards the freeway and there's an underpass. And there was a, basically, anybody who had an RV that, like, a homeless, beat-up-ass RV, that's mm-hmm. where they were. Like, obviously, 15 to 20-year-old RV, boom, that's where they were. They lived in that thing. Um, after seeing that garbage pile pile up half a mile from my house and kind of, like, tracking people on a day-to-day basis when I drove by it, and seeing those people that were down there up in my neighborhood taking a shit in the park and door checking cars in my neighborhood at night i finally drove through i had my cell phone on video camera on videotaped all the garbage all the rvs people just hanging out both sides of the underpass went home threw it on next door and i threw it on instagram I tagged city of Concord. I tagged our city council members. I tagged the, the Concord PD. Um, I tagged, I tagged everybody I could tag. Cause I was just tired of this shit. Yeah. I got shitted on so badly by my neighbors um, for one, what makes me so good that I can use a cell phone in my hand and drive at the same time against these people. Like, they're like, oh, what makes you so right that you can break the law and drive with your phone and record these people when they're just living their lives under your overpass? Um, okay. Yeah, that was fun. That's weird. Um, I mean, enough, I got so much feedback enough to where I was like, okay, so what's, what's the solution? Like, would you guys like to get together and figure out if Con- the city of Concord owns a space where all these guys can go and we will have the city, we'll try to have the city of Concord put a porta potty in and a dumpster. And so, and maybe have a cop drive through nightly and maybe, you know, like work together and find a safe place for them and a safe place for us. Oh no, no, no. That I was a Nazi for that. Oh geez. For, for even suggesting that. Um, putting them in camps yeah yeah exactly you're trying to you're trying to encamp them now is there going to be a higher fence yeah no exactly um auschwitz right we might as well name it auschwitz that was thrown out there so i'm like okay so obviously all of you motherfuckers want your you want to have to lock your cars at night you want to have to lock your your kids up at night you want to not let them go to the park during the day because they're going to step in human shit but I'm the dickhead that actually looks at what's around me and tries to figure out a solution. I'm so fucking tired of this bullshit. And I don't know if it's just California or just the Bay Area. No, we had a no. whole, we had a, we had a, we had a, uh, a mayor who just so was like, yeah, public camping is totally okay. 
So downtown Austin, all the parks, any public sidewalk, tents, full on tents. So these beautiful trails, people used to jog around. They're walking by and someone's yelling, get the fuck away from my house. There was one place, no exaggeration, we're uh, near our house, probably about five miles away in an underpass. It was one of the pop-up tents and a guy had his car parked in it. He had a pop-up tent around his car and then he had a tent next to it. I mean, I'm just like, dude, do you have a car? You're camping? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they also, they got, they had free showers here. They got uh, porta potties, they got trash service, they got water, they got all that for free. You know, all the things that I have to pay for, they get for free. And I get yeah. people going, well, how are they gonna pay for it? Don't have any money. I understand. However, when the freeze came here, I couldn't find any homeless people to feed. They're I couldn't gone. find one. I couldn't find one. I don't know where they went. But we literally made food and drove around looking to give them something and couldn't find one. Wow. You know, where there were hundreds, now there were none. So I don't know. But, you know, this mayor, this goofball here, he, you know, he just said it was gave it a fucking green light. And then, you know, the city voted a year, two, year, two years later, a year and a half later. And they're just like, no. No. And everyone's like, well, where are they going to go? And you're so mean. And, you know, poverty's not a crime. And I go, you guys, think, do you think people shitting in parks and taking over what everyone in the city pays for to use that we can no longer use or kids can't feel safe outside? Do you think that's okay? Open drug use, you know, rape, yeah. murder, are those things okay? we've we've had we've had two fires in our neighborhood because our so our neighborhood backs up to the freeway and the, these people are sleeping on the hill in between the freeway and our neighborhood mm-hmm. and they're they're camping they're they're like trying to cook stuff right they've set fires to where i've actually my son uh has like run to me he goes dad i think there's smoke over there so he and i will like walk down the street and i've i knock on this guy's door i'm like hey are you having a, like a big ass barbecue or you have a fire going on He's like, what? And he like ran back there. He goes, holy shit, tell the neighbors. So I ran to the next door neighbor and this old elderly Asian lady. And she's like, oh, help, help. So I ran back there and I'm spraying the fire down as it's coming up the hill because these assholes set our hill on fire because they wanted to cook some some hot dogs or whatever the fuck they're doing back there. And yeah. didn't even come down to help. I mean, no, no, they're gone. They're, they split. They're yeah. gone. Can't be responsible. You know, I'm all for helping hand up i'm not for the handout i'm just not and i know that sounds kind of dark and cynical to some people but folks you know i mean i will give anyone any opportunity i will help in any way but it's got to be progress moving forward not backwards and if you think it's healthy for an adult to live in their own shit without a shower in a tent on the side of a highway you're sick in the fucking head. That's not okay. It's not responsible. It's not a good thing to do. And when, when, when cities allow that to happen, they're killing and abusing those people. And if you don't think so, go fucking live like that. Oh yeah. Nuts. It's nuts. Well, well the, the one good thing that did come out of that is three days after I posted all that shit, the city of Concord PD did come through and they, they cleared them out. 
So I do give City of Concord props for that, but there we still have so many encampments in Concord, like just downtown Concord that they're not doing anything about. But I don't know if anybody has been like that squeaky wheel that's been like, hey, how about you guys clean this shit up? And honestly, you know, that's not my fight. Yeah. I'm not gonna take on the whole city. I'll take on my neighborhood for that, for what I can do. But uh it is what it is, man. It's just shitty right now. It's just sad, man. You know, it's uh it's uh people not wanting to help and then not because help is sometimes making hard decisions. You know, we're parents. We we you know, and I'm not saying that other people don't get it, but as parents, you you know, you make hard decisions uh, for your kids. And when you don't, you see the kids where the parents don't make hard decisions. You see how they act. You see who those kids are. And adults and people are the same way. And if you let drug addicted, mentally ill, you know, alcoholics down on their luck now, mentally unstable, do what they want to do whenever they want to do it, and there's no repercussions, bro, you're gonna have some problems. We're, yeah, we're gonna be in, we're gonna be in trouble. Yep. So I hope the things change. But uh, you know, that said, uh, let's leave on a higher note, please. Um, if you could, please do tell us real quick how you came up with the cooler. All right. So the cooler. Um, my dad is into guns. Really, before I was into guns, we, you know, older than me, obviously. So uh, I didn't grow up with guns, but I knew he had them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so about four years ago, I just, it was coming up to his birthday and I couldn't think of anything to have. Like, this is the guy that has everything. He's, he's got cars. He's got, he's got everything. But I was like, I can make something out of this, an ammo can. Like, he and I were going to gun shows and he was buying hella guns and, and ammo. Uh, hella bringing <laughs> California into the podcast um, um, and so I bought a couple ammo cans just to have around the house and I was like you know I can turn it I was looking at it one day I was like I can turn this into something cooler and I can turn it into a cooler uh, so I, I drilled some holes it was super it was like not it's not it was a prototype like it was it was not what I'm selling nowadays it was uh, it was it was a uh, pretty beat down, but uh, I gave it to him for his birthday. And I had some friends that were around the house and they're like, you know, that's really cool. Like I would buy something like that for, for a friend or I would buy something like that for myself. I was like, well, I'll make one for you. Like give me an ammo can and I'll make one for you. And it just kind of turned into, it just kind of turned into something like Taylor's like, I think you could probably sell these. Like you, you could probably, you know, get on Etsy and, you know, kind of promote it and, and maybe sell some of these. So that's kind of what happened. And, and that's kind of right when you found me, I was really just starting out. Like nowadays, it's like when you found me, I was literally just starting out. Uh, I was wow. still working. I was still working my, my uh, dispatcher job, still sitting in an office. And it was like, I was making one here and there. And I don't even know how the hell you found me, but all of a sudden there was this email. <laughs> You know, and and I was like, sponsor a podcast. I don't know what the fuck this guy thinks I'm doing. Like, I'm there's no way I can sponsor a podcast. 
I'll help you over. We lost you there for a second, brother. Um, I don't get anything special with them. Like, am I back? You're back. Okay. Uh, when you found me, I wasn't doing anything special with them. Like, there was no vinyl. There was no nothing. Like, it was literally just, it is what it is. So it was super standard. It was just like used am used military ammo cans turned into beer coolers. And, you know, it's, it's kind of turned into something different now. It's turned into something awesome. Folks, uh, we follow each other on Instagram. It's colorblind.design on the old IG. There will be a link in uh, the show notes to his Etsy store. Go out, find him, Scott. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate the time. I can't wait. Uh, we got we got like four weeks or something. And we're... Oh, fuck, man. I, I can't wait to pick you up from the airport. Um, there's a brewery in Oakland that I've been dying to go to called Do Ghost it. Town. Yes. I think I think we're going to go straight from the airport straight to Ghost Town. And I, I'm going to try my hardest to talk my brother into going with me. Perfect. Because he's, he's going on a boat trip and you might as well meet sooner than later. Absolutely. Oh, and um, my boy... Uh, the hairy artist i'm yes. going to email him the photos and and ask him to uh to do some face things for well, us kick, kick my brother out of there it's <laughs> the guy with the big ass weird beard because he's not on our team anymore fuck him all right well sorry bro you lost because we, we do cool shit. <laughs> don't don't give harry his picture no i won't oh no oh, you, you know, know what i love, tell you what. I love listening you what. to harry's podcast i'll tell you what we'll do I'll give Harry his picture separate and be like, hey, he left the team. The motherfucker <laughs> juice. Solo. Do something solo for him. Yeah, just torch him. I, you know what? I honestly love listening to Harry's podcast. That dude oh. is so cool. He's a he, he's a he's a super guy, man. He's so I know awesome. he I, I know he was kind of like down on himself for his English. He he did amazing. I agree. I agree. He's um, he's an awesome person. He's he's become a he's become a great friend as well, man. We're like he mailed me some movies uh, that you know I couldn't get here in the states, and he's like, "What kind of chocolate does your daughter like?" And I got his kids some chocolate, and you know, we just, dude, he's cool cat, man. He's one of the it's best. It's so cool the connections you make doing this stuff. It is. It's 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 a lot of fun, and then I get to connect people as well. So yeah. we're gonna do some face swap fun. We're gonna get uh, the hairy artist folks on Instagram. Check him out. He's awesome, Scott. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Always appreciate hey, it. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. Oh man, my pleasure. From my pleasure. From, oh. it's, it's so weird from like a dude who I met one time, like I have so much love for. It, it's crazy. Oh man, I appreciate that. And it's very reciprocal. Very reciprocal, brother. Love you much. Be good. We'll talk All soon, right. man. I'll see you in a month. Love you. Later, Later brother. Peace.